Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. We are recording on Monday, April 19th, 2021. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And I'm trying not to be overly anxious because I leave tomorrow for 10 days, which is the longest I've ever been away from the bigger part of my family. I'm off to Spokane for the birth of my grandson. So very excited. There's a lot of (laughs) knitting planning happening around here. There's a lot of knitting in the suitcase just in case, you know, I finish. Like, I think I'm going to finish anything when I'm taking care of my (laughs) two-year-old granddaughter. But, you know, you can't leave home for that period of time without it. And you're only going to be with her by yourself for maybe... 48 hours, maybe a little longer. Maybe at the, even at the outside, 48 hours. But I do plan to entertain her while Alex is recovering from her C-section. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be fantastic. And I'm, I'm convinced that the days will fly by for you. I hope so. I think they will. (laughs) And I am excited about it too. It's just, it's a long time to be away from home. It is. It is. So what are you wearing? I have been wearing my love note sweater, or I should say I did wear it to work last week. And the reason I mention it is because I pulled this one out. I had, it had been put away for all of the winter, really, because it's kind of a warmer weather sweater. And even though it wasn't a super warm day, once I saw it, I had to wear it. (laughs) I really do love my love note. The version that I wore to work is one that I made with some reclaimed Tosh lace held doubled with a single strand of mohair. And those two yarns together produce such a nice and light fabric. I really love it. And the amazing thing is how well the Tosh lace has held up since it was reclaimed from a previous sweater. And that previous sweater was very often washed and very indelicately thrown in the dryer and dried because (laughs) it just stretched so badly. Stretched, I shouldn't say badly, it stretched so much. It was a poor choice of yarn for a sweater that was so loose and it had these, how do you describe it? It had these loose open fronts. Kind of waterfall? Yes. It's the breezy cardigan designed by Hannah Fedig and it's from 2011 back when everybody was designing these cardigans with basically overlapping fronts that you'd wear open so they hung down and honestly after a day of wearing this yarn knit into that design the dangling fronts would be down to my knees (laughs) that's a a good look yeah that's a bit (laughs) of an exaggeration but that's how I felt it just stretched and stretched and stretched it works so much better as a tunic length pullover because the yarn is not stretching down to my knees in this version of sweater. Yes. So I am very happy. (laughs) And let's see, Love Note is a pattern by Tin Can Knits. What are you wearing, Gail? Well, yesterday I wore my Zweig sweater all day, which is a design by Caitlin Hunter. And every time I put that sweater on, I think, I love this sweater. It's a little out of my normal colors. So the sweater itself is a top-down circular yoke sweater, and it has some color work in the yoke, but the color work is primarily a lace pattern. And some people, like Charlene, you did yours in a very low contrast color combination. So it's mostly the differentiation of the lace. Well, I did a much more high contrast, which is my Mm -hmm. way, and my (laughs) contrast color is a really bright blue, a candy skein colorway that's really bright blue, beautiful blue. And the body of the sweater, the main color, is Madeline Tosh Stormborn, which is a white slash natural base with speckles of bright blues, darker blues, browns. It's a really beautiful kind of not blank canvas because it has speckles, but it's on the verge of a blank canvas for me and the colors that I typically choose. 
So to have that with the bright blue is unusual for me. And every time I put it on, I think I really like this. So <laughs> tempted to do another colorwork sweater in some more blues coming up. But I really enjoyed the knitting of that sweater and I really enjoy wearing it. It's fingering weight. I forgot to add that. So I recommend that one. That was the one though that gave a little bit of problems with the short rows. Oh, that's for the right. You and I both. You. Mm-hmm. you and I both that, that created the little neck boob in the back. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. But I do have to say I love that sweater too. And there's a fun picture of some of us together wearing them at our knockers retreat from several years back. Yep. I'll have Lots to find that. Yeah, because yeah, so many different that. colors and combinations. Exactly. They're always so exactly. beautiful. They are. And it was kind of the sweater of stitches a few stitches ago. Yes, I Lots remember of them. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been wearing. What are you stocking? Well, the first thing I am stocking is really a sign of the times. The first one, it's called Jabby. What <laughs> is Jabby? <laughs> Jabby is a little happy syringe, as described in the pattern description on Ravelry. The designer, Anna Horakovic, says that she was so excited and grateful to recently get a COVID vaccine, I just had to knit a happy syringe. So this is a fun little pattern that can be knit all in scraps Looks like, yes, it is a free Ravelry download. Most folks know Anna's designs as Mochi Mochi Land, and her patterns are mostly miniatures. She has fun little things like hearts, tiny gnomes, tiny chickens, tiny bunnies, and tiny snowmen, just to name a few of the patterns that have many, many projects listed on Ravelry, and they all can be made with scraps. And if you've never looked through her catalog, I suggest you do, even if you don't like knitting these kind of projects, because something in her catalog will make you smile. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> they're Adorable just so stuff. fun. Yeah, they're and just they aren't, fun. They aren't all animals. They're like little turntables and all sorts yes. of interesting yes. different things. Exactly. It's well, fun. Jabby. Jabby, for exactly. example. <laughs> so that is Jabby by Anna Horakovic. And the second thing I am stocking is a sweater pattern called Amy. And that is spelled E-I-M-I. Tokuko Ochi. It is a button down. It's a top really more than a cardigan. The pattern page does not give much information about the design itself. In fact, one, two, three, four, five, there's five attribute words listed there. And all it says is afterthought pocket, button up, buttonholes, seamed and seamless. So you don't get much information about the construction of the garment other that it is knit bottom up and seamed in some places and seamless in some others but it looks like it's drop shoulder sleeve construction and it is made in a very very lightweight fingering yarn that has 420 yards to 100 grams so really a lightweight fingering And it's got wool, cotton, silk, linen in the sample yarn. And the interesting detail on this little top is that it's got two little afterthought patch pockets. And the patch pockets are located above the bust, right below, kind of on, I guess, your clavicle region, below the shoulders, but above the bust. I remember years ago seeing t-shirts that had these tiny little patch pockets on them. And this is only one of very, very few knitting patterns that I have seen that use the little tiny patch pockets. And I just thought it was cute, something a little bit different. The pattern is very limited distribution. It's 
only available in Japanese and it's only available as part of a kit. So obviously it's not something I would be able to get my hands on and knit, but I just, I looked at it because it was interesting. So that is Amy. And then because the designer was new to me, I started looking through her designs, as you do. (laughs) (laughs) And I found one. Let's see. Oh, it's called Candy. Now, this is not a new design. It's from December 2018. And remember, the designer is Tokoku Ochiai. And again, the pattern page has very few details. This one... Only two attribute keywords, adult and written pattern. That's helpful. That's exactly. I mean, I, since the, since the sweater is pictured on an adult, I could pick, I could discern that myself, (laughs) that it was an adult. And I would assume that the pattern would be written. I, you know, I don't know. I guess you can't graph an entire pattern, but So the keyword's not very helpful, but it is a nice design to look at. It's a basic, slightly oversized pullover with narrow textural stripes. So it's only one color, just just very narrow textural stripes. And you know that I like the textural stripes. And occasionally the line of the stripe goes up or down a little, sort of like a graph, So you're going along and there's a stripe and then the stripe will take a bump, like maybe like a little triangle, but really like a graph. It's subtle, it's textural, kind of thing that I'm often drawn to. But again, pattern only available in Japanese and only sold as a kit. But my thought is that since I have other sweater patterns that I've made with textural stripes, I might take that idea and knit it into another sweater if I ever make one of those sweaters again. Good idea. I have been thinking a lot about taking patterns that I like and making changes to them. I guess that's another result of perhaps a pattern on we since I'm not finding new patterns. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking of ways to reinvent old patterns. And that might be something we want to talk about in a segment sometime too. Yeah. But anyway, so I I liked the little idea and I might take that idea for stripes and make it my own on a different pattern. So that is Candy by Tokoku Ochiai. What have you been stocking, Gail? Well, I have some random things that I've been stocking. One of them was in Hot Right Now recently, and it probably still is because it's the Shetland Wool Week pattern of the year. So if you've not heard of Shetland Wool Week, it's exactly what it sounds like, a celebration of Shetland wool that happens in the Shetland Islands. And every year they have a beautiful colorwork hat that is the free pattern that many people who attend the festival, if it's even happening in person this year, probably not. But a lot of people who attend knit and wear the hat. So it's a big deal. And this year it's called the DeCrofter's Kep. And it's by the designer Wilma Malcolmson. And this is the second year in a row she's designed the hat. And it's really, really, really pretty. It has a corrugated rib brim and then fabulous, amazing color work and a star decrease pattern at the top. It's just fabulous. It's a fingering weight pattern and she uses Jamieson's yarn, the Shetland wool that if you haven't seen that before, it's beautiful and it comes in this huge palette of colors because they it's have very, a huge catalog of colors. Yes. Yeah. It's very famous for color work. It has the kind of grabby texture of Shetland wool. Yeah. It's not as smooth as Merino. So it's really good for color work if you're steaking because it's going to hold while you cut your knitting to steak it. So it's a really nice yarn. Very, very nice yarn. I've used it a few times in hats, actually. So that's the DeCrofter's Kep by William Malcolmson. And 
The second thing I'm stocking, I also found in Hot Right Now. I have no idea why it was there. It's not a new pattern. It's called <laughs> The Scrappy Rug, and it's by the designer Sheila Bayer. And I love rag rugs. I think they're so cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't know how to make a rag rug. It's probably very simple, but I don't know how to do it. And this is kind of like a rag rug. Oh, cool. It's another free pattern. And it's a stash buster because you hold eight strands together. And I'm sure you could change that any way you wanted. More strands, fewer strands, depending on what kind of texture you want. She encourages you to use as many colors as possible so that you get oh, this really neat. bright, happy rug. And it's crocheted. So basically, it's just around and around and around and around. So it would be simple to make. It would be a super happy little addition to a room, I think. I think it would be awesome. And she also mentions in the pattern that you can just make little ones as coasters or bigger ones as placemats or things like that. So it's a very adaptable pattern. So that's The Scrappy Rug by Sheila Bayer or Bayer. And the next grouping of stocking is thanks to our friend Claudia. Claudia recently knit, I think she said in a week and four days, oh, a yes. beautiful pullover called City Limits. And the designer is Tannis Lavalley, who is Tannis Fiber Arts. She's a designer and yarn dyer in Canada. And City Limits is a faded pullover in fingering weight yarn. So many beautiful versions of the sweater. And it has some cool design features like down the sides and such. And I didn't stock that one as heavily. But I used to stock Tannis's patterns a long time ago. She had a sweater pattern called I Heart Erin that I loved and was in my queue forever until I realized <laughs> that I'm probably not going to wear an Erin weight Erin sweater as much as I love the pattern. Yeah. So I hadn't been looking at her patterns in a little while. So I went to her pattern page, which as you do, and then as you go you down do. the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and one of her sweaters really popped out at me. It's called the Luminosity Sweater. And it has a colorwork yoke, which obviously I knit a lot of those lately. But hers is like neon rainbow colorwork yoke. And oh my gosh, is oh. it beautiful. Her main color was a very, very light color. I don't know if it was a light gray or natural. I don't remember. But the yoke was just fabulous. So she has three patterns. She has the luminosity sweater for adults. She has it for children. And she has a hat with the same pattern. And that seems to be a theme for her because when I was looking through her pattern page, that's something that was frequent. She often had it in children's sizes because she has children of her own. Oftentimes she was taking a picture with one of her children wearing the child's version of the sweater. And they're just really, really nice patterns. She has lots of different patterns to choose from. And there were two others that I wanted to mention. One is called Lifesavers. And if you followed our Colors of Fall knit along, our friend Carol knit a Lifesaver sweater for herself and for her daughter. So they have matching Lifesaver sweaters. And that's a really simple, beautiful cardigan that has single, it's either single row or maybe it's two row stripes in different colors. So it's kind very of rainbowy. Very thin stripes. Yeah, very thin stripes, yeah. But um, kind of like the flavors of a Lifesaver roll, if anyone remembers Lifesavers candies. Do they still <laughs> make those? I wonder you if they know, still make them. I assume so, but I don't know for yeah, a fact. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I might have to check it out. And then there's also the Rocket Tee that she designed fairly recently. And a lot of people in our group have knit the Rocket Tee. It's a really cute two-colored striped top. And the Camaro sweater, which is a really cool like V color work down the front of the sweater. That's I've seen many people knit that as well. So check her out, Tannis LaValle. It was a fun little stocking adventure that I was on yesterday. <laughs> Gosh, Gail, you know, I can't wait to go look at all of those patterns. It never ceases to amaze me how as much time as you and I spend looking for patterns and stocking patterns, how often, even though we're using the same springboard to look for patterns and often both looking at hot right now we still mention different things every time right? yeah i love it 
Yeah. All right. So they're stocking. What have you been knitting? Okay. I feel as though I have barely knit anything since <laughs> not we for last lack of trying. <laughs> recorded. And it's not for lack of trying. That is very, very true. I mentioned last time that I had started on my leaf bird, which is, let's see, a pattern by Yamagara. And I am still starting on my leaf bird, which is a pattern by Yamagara. <laughs> wow. I have been knitting and re-knitting. I believe I am on my fourth start fourth version of this sweater. I think I am on my way, although to be honest, I was telling Gail somewhere in the mohair, I believe I lost a stitch and I have been searching and searching for it for the past 48 hours and I can't find it. And so I am hoping that rather than someday I'm wearing it and somebody says, oh, look, you have a hole. I'm hoping that I accidentally knit two strands of the mohair together, which would have been very easy to do. So. That sounds very funny. I've been looking for this <sighs> lost stitch. Yes. <laughs> it's like you're looking around the house for it. <laughs> yes. So why have I started this over and over again? Well, we've all been there, right? Please tell me we've all yes, been there. We have. Yes, we have. <laughs> so I made a fatal error while knitting, while starting this one, that that just really threw me. Hey, was, a lot of us would have made the same error. It was something in the pattern nomenclature that really failed me. I'm knitting along and knitting along, and I get to a section of the pattern that says, I don't remember how many stitches, so this is just an example, knit 12 p.m., M1, knit 12. So for me, that would mean knit 12 stitches, place marker, make one, knit 12 stitches. Except my stitch count was off the first two times that I did this. And the second time that I did it, I couldn't figure out why my stitch count would be off. So I continued on a little bit, got to a place in the pattern where suddenly instead of knit 12 p.m. M1, the direction was now knit 12 p.m. M2. What is M2? I say to myself as I'm looking through the abbreviations in the pattern trying to figure out if I'm supposed to make two, what do we do here? And that's when the light bulb goes off and I realized that the designer has used M1 and M2 to denote markers. And when the first direction said knit 12 p.m. M1, she was telling me that that marker that I just placed was now, henceforth, known as marker one. Not make one. I think 99% of us <gasps> would have done the same exact thing. Seriously. Very frustrating. So I ripped again. Wondered why the designer couldn't use any of the other letters of the alphabet. You know, there, there are 25 <laughs> others that could have been chosen. <laughs> and I... Re-knit it again without the extraneous make ones in there and my stitch count remained the same and the rest of the pattern made a lot more sense, but it was very frustrating. So it was a misunderstanding of pattern nomenclature that just failed me. <laughs> so I'm, like I said... I'm on perhaps the fourth version of it, so I, I'm, I'm going good now, except for the one lost stitch that I'm still looking for. And that 
my friends, is Leaf Bird. <laughs> but remind us about the, the yarn because Charlene showed it to me and it's so pretty. Okay, oh the yarn. I'm happy to talk about the yarn because the yarn is so lovely. I'm using two lace weight yarns, one from Western Sky Knits. It's a smooth lace weight yarn. It's applied lace weight and that is in a lovely, rich, plummy, I guess, colorway. It's um, yeah, plummy, purpley, and then a hot pink mohair, which is going to form the five diamonds that are on the back of the sweater. I guess I didn't really describe it. It's a loose, open front cardigan, and the sample has five green They're very slender diamonds that go across the back of the sweater, which is knit sideways. And they're supposed to somewhat look like leaves, I guess, on this plant. And then a leaf bird is a bird from the, she says, from the Indian subcontinent and Southeast Asia. And they're brightly plumaged and predominantly green. So that was her idea for naming the sweater. So her sample has the green diamonds. Mine is not not true to the leaf bird name, but very pretty. And I love working with these yarns, despite losing, Yay. possibly losing a stitch in the mohair. <laughs> Maybe you left it in the car. Yeah, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> so that is what I am knitting. What are you knitting? I started my unbearable hoodie pattern by Le Garçon, and I am not knitting a hood on it, so I'm calling it my unbearably hoodless sweater. And <laughs> I have been having so much fun with the sweater. So it's a top-down circular yoke colorwork sweater that has bears and flowers in the colorwork yoke section of the sweater. And I am using the main color of dark gray, and my flowers are pink, and the spaces between my bears are sparkly white, and it makes me really, really happy. And it's going (laughs) to match my grandchildren's hats that I knit for them, the unbearable hats that I knit recently. Different colors for all three of us, but that's fine. And I was having some issues with the color work. So this pattern, there are long floats. The float is the yarn that you carry behind your work. So the not public side of your work, well, it's not being used in color work. So two colors, I hold one in each hand. And there are sections of up to, I think, 15 or 17 stitches where it's just one color. So that second color floats on the back. Well, typically you don't want to knit more than I think the guideline is five to seven stitches without catching that float on the back for two reasons. One, fingers get stuck in the floats when you try to put the sweater on and off, so it can be kind of not destructive, but problematic. And two, it's very difficult to keep your tension good in color work if you're not catching your floats because things kind of get puckery. So if you were to carry the second color that's not being used for 17 stitches, and then suddenly knit a couple stitches in it again, the section of 17 stitches in the other color is probably going to pull together and pucker because chances are slim that you're going to tension that second color behind the work just right to not have some puckering, if that's making sense. So the issue with my color work and catching the floats is that in the light area, which is white between the bears, you can see the dark yarn through that color work. And that's because of how I caught my floats. So I showed it to the Saturday Zoom group and said, I'm not very happy with this. I wet blocked it. I steam blocked it. And they all said, well, doesn't bother us. So (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've decided that they're gallopers. So gallopers are mistakes that you can't see as you gallop by on a horse. So I'm not going to rip it back because it would have meant re-knitting almost the entire color work section. And I just don't think it's that much of an issue. But I did learn from, I think it was Catherine in our Saturday Zoom, 
that the Tech Knitter, if you haven't heard of the Tech Knitter, she's a great knitting resource. She has some really fantastic, quote, technical, unquote, articles about knitting that are not difficult to understand, but she tackles these techniques that I would never have known about, and then she describes them very easily. For me, it's easy to understand. And Catherine said, Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of Ladderback Jacquard, which I'd never heard of? And she said, Tech Knitter has an article that uses some of the Ladderback Jacquard techniques, but it's called STEWART, which is an acronym for something I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's a really interesting way to carry your yarn across large areas. So if that sec- if you have to carry across a float that's a long section like I had to do on the bears, it's a really cool technique where you basically knit a second column with the contrast color that you then later drop that column and that it caught it creates almost like a stockinette look on the back of the work that catches that secondary color and it does not show through to the front. Oh, that's so, interesting. It was really interesting and I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode on Ravelry. But of course it was too late for me to use that to technique. But the next time I have any kind of color work that stretches over a long area, I'm going to use that technique for sure. It Mm. will take a little getting used to, a little practice. I'd probably swatch it first, but it was really interesting and would have been a great technique to use on the sweater so that the dark didn't show through the white sections. But after having said all that, I'm loving it. (laughs) I, after blocking the color work, and deciding to proceed, I yesterday separated for my sleeves and tried it on, and it looked ridiculous because you do a provisional cast on to begin because it's a hoodie and you're supposed to knit up from there from your provisional cast on yeah. to knit your hood. Well, I'm not knitting the hood, so I just knit a collar and then tried it on again. It was much happier because, of course, with a collar, things always look better than without a collar. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very happy with how it's going. I don't have a lot of confidence that I have enough of my dark gray yarn. So what I'm going to do is knit enough of the body to give it some stability. And then I'm going to start knitting the sleeves, knit the sleeves all the way, and then knit as much gray to the body as I can. And then maybe work in some more pink or I don't know what I'll do Mm -hmm. to make the yarn work, but you'll make it work. I'll make it work. So very happy with the unbearable hoodie so far. And it's a super fun pattern super cute pattern and I'm looking forward to wearing it. Hopefully cool. this is probably a very unrealistic expectation, but <laughs> I would love to finish it while I'm in Spokane so that I can take a picture of myself wearing my sweater and Olivia wearing her hat and maybe Wesley wearing his hat too. I have a feeling I that I would the, love to see that too. I, yeah. Maybe we'll just put his hat on his chest or something if it's yeah. way too big for his head. But <laughs> so those are my goals. And then I also have been working on my sisterhood set hat by Jen Peck. And I knit that hat already for myself. I'm knitting a second one for Alex that will match the sweater I knit for her last year. That's going very well. And then because I thought for some reason I would have not enough knitting for my trip to Spokane. I'm bringing Alex's hat to work on. I'm bringing the unbearable hoodie to work on. I brought needles and a ball of yarn for a charity hat. I brought needles and a ball of yarn to knit another hat for my son-in-law. And I'm bringing my lead the way wrap that I haven't knit on in weeks and weeks. And then I decided that probably wasn't enough. (laughs) I totally understand the fear. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But then I decided, and I was also still wasn't sure I was going to continue with the unbearable hoodie because of the color work stuff. So I was kind of in that place where, oh no, should I start another sweater? And I didn't know what to start because of the whole pattern on you stuff. So I looked in my queue and I thought, what's already wound up in my stash ready to go? And it was the hoodie shawl cardi by Ah. Suzanne Summer, which I've stocked on and off for years. I started it once and ripped it back out. An old friend. An old friend. So (laughs) I went out and grabbed my yarn and I've been swatching for it. And my first swatch, my stitch count was way off. So I re-swatched yesterday and the swatch is just about dry. So I'll probably bring the yarn and needles 
for that as well. And if I don't start it while I'm there, I'll probably start it soon after. So lots of knitting going on. (laughs) Not necessarily a lot of knitting, a lot of planned knitting happening here. And that's what happens before trips. Well, yeah, you're away from your stash for 10 days. Right. That's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, there are yarn stores in Spokane, but I don't plan to be You won't be able to. Exactly. You won't have time for shopping. So you've, you've got to be prepared. We would like to thank our sponsor for the month, Candy Skein Yarns. Last month, Candy Skein turned 10 years old, and they'll be celebrating all summer long, starting with the release of a new series of Peter Pan colorways and pins. Are you ready to join them on their trip to Neverland? They will also be participating in the Slow Yarn Crawl again this summer, both online at candyskein.com and in their shop in downtown Astoria, Oregon. Don't forget about their three-month yarn club. Following up the huge success of their year of long speckled gradients, this year they're focusing on a rainbow of tonals. Grab a skein today for 15% off using the code CANDY4YARNIACS, and that's capital C-A-N-D-Y, four, the number four, capital Y, YARNIACS. And thank you very much, Tammy and Kurt, for that 15% discount. Yes, I want to do a little shopping myself. <laughs> well, after I wore my Zweig yesterday, yeah. it reignited my desire to order <laughs> two of the colorways that are in my cart of Tammy's right now. Excellent. For not a lookalike Excellent. sweater exactly, but a similar sweater maybe. So. Do you remember what colorway you used, that blue on your Zweig? I don't think it was TARDIS. I think it might have been something blueberry. It might have been a a colorway of the month. Oh, okay. No, it's much darker. It was either TARDIS or it was a colorway of the month. Okay. Well, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I'm thinking her Midnight Moose, which is a darker blue, or another skein of the TARDIS with her Earl Ray Latte, Mm -hmm. which is a speckly really beautiful yarn. It's all yeah. in my cart just waiting for me. To <laughs> <buy>. <laughs> waiting, waiting. Well, we'll have to chat about that before we both press buy. So. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what have you finished? Well, I did pick up my Live Light and I've finished it. Yay! Yay! You didn't tell me. I am so excited because this is a sweater that Let's see if I can find when I started it. I started this back in September last year, but I was knitting on it through the winter and I put it aside for the winter because I just lost steam on the collar and it's a wraparound collar that goes from the bottom corner of the sweater and all the way up around the neck. So it wasn't that arduous to knit, but I just lost steam on it. And it was the wrong season for the sweater. So I just tucked it in a bag and it was sitting there all winter. Pulled it out a couple weeks ago and started working on it. And I used almost every yard of the yarn that I had. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I think I may have about two and a half yards left. Well done. I really went to the wire on this one. And let's see, I had, I think I had just under three skeins of it. The yarn that I used had been given to me by a friend and it is Logwood Tosh sock yarn. So she had started knitting something in this yarn. So part of this sweater quantity had been knit previously into another project. And so one of the skeins was in maybe two or three pieces. And I, I think I, I think that the third skein, I also didn't quite have a full skein. I think there was some loss associated with the first project that it was knit into. And so I had maybe just under three skeins and I knew I would be close on the yardage. So I had left that 
wraparound collar to knit last, knowing that if I needed to, I could always use a different color. I could work it in easily, but it worked out so close. I was supposed to have three inches of collar and I don't have quite have three inches of collar, but it's very, very close. I can't remember what I ended up with. I knit until I figured I had enough left for the bind off and then bound off and I was that close. Wow. So, yeah, it's very cool. So since the collar is just a little bit short, I haven't, I was thinking of different things I could do. And I was thinking about knitting like an I cord along the edge, maybe in a different color. I was even considering maybe sewing on just little seed beads onto the collar. I don't know. I have all these ideas in my head yeah. for maybe sprucing it up a little bit. Not that it needs it, but I was just thinking of different things that I could do to the sweater. We'll see. I'll probably wear it a few times and decide I like it as it is just fine anyway. And I love the way it's an open front cardigan, but it has kind of longer, not longer, because they're not, it's not a length thing. It's a wider is what I mean. It has wider fronts so that the fronts actually do cross over. So even though it is open front and it doesn't have fastenings, the fronts just kind of naturally close. They fold one over the other. And I love the way they just naturally fold over. I love the way it looks. Cool. I'm very excited to wear it. So. Very, very excited. So that is Live Light, patterned by Carrie Bostick Hodge. What have you finished, Gail? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that finish Live Light. Yes. I can't wait to see that on you. <laughs> so I also have a sweater finish. I finished my super simple summer sweater by Hohi Locatelli. That is my dream sweater. Ooh. Oh my gosh, it's so perfect. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. It's light and airy and just fabulous. So I adjusted Hohe's pattern. Well, actually, I didn't adjust her pattern at all. I, instead of using worsted weight, as the pattern calls for, I held a strand of lace weight yarn doubled with a strand of lace weight mohair silk yarn. So two strands of lace weight held together for the whole sweater. And there are five different color stripes, all variations of pink. And there are... I think four different Madeline Tosh lace yarns. Most of them are prairie, which is their single ply <laughs> lace. I think there's one strand of their Tosh lace, which is sadly discontinued. Yeah. And the silk mohair, I used Hazelnits Arrow Mo is the name of their silk mohair line. That was the mauve color. It's called Midge. For the bright pink, I used La Bienname, their silk mohair, the same one I used in my bright feather sweater. For the hot pink, I used Kid Silk Haze by Rowan in their candy pink or something colorway. It's their hot pink. I can't remember the exact colorway name. For the maroon burgundy stripe, I used my Western Sky Knits leftovers from a ranunculus. And what was the last one? The light pink is Suburban Stitchers Silk Mohair. And I used her colorway mm. called Sugar. And they all just are so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it really makes me incredibly happy. So I'm hoping to take finished object pictures today or tomorrow. So that's one of my, I really want to do it before I leave for Spokane tasks. I did take finished object pictures of two of my sweaters yesterday, none of which I like, but I used them anyways. <laughs> and I didn't steam the sweaters, so they're a little bit wrinkly. And I know Charlene is not going to like that when she sees the picture. <laughs> I was too lazy to steam. But I have two more sweaters to go in my finished object pile, and I'd like to get those done over the next two days. So that's what I finished my super simple summer sweater and I love it awesome. that's my third one and I love each of them for their variations and their differences and I'm sure I'll use that pattern again yeah that we definitely have to do 
an episode where we talk about variations on the theme. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because there's so many have ways. have been doing that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So many ways to vary a theme. Yeah. All right. And we also wanted to do a little bit of follow-up on the last episode's topic of pattern ennui. Yeah, you guys had a lot to say about pattern ennui and a lot of chat and a lot of listener suggestions. And, you know, the reason, probably one of the reasons that Gail and I have been knitting sweaters on a theme, when I say that, I mean knitting the same pattern again with slight differences, is probably because of the pattern on we that we both have been feeling. So let's see, one of the things that was suggested was to, and we may have discussed this, but I'm going to mention it again because it's a good one, was to look at your pattern highlights on Ravelry. And you can see those when you go to the main pattern page. They've recently moved pattern highlights below a new section that they call debut patterns. And I'm not really happy about that because I like having my pattern highlights right there. Now I have to scroll (laughs) way down to see my pattern highlights. I wish I could switch places with the debut patterns. I haven't been so, I haven't found I haven't been so excited, I guess I should say, about the debut patterns as I generally am about the pattern highlights. But if you do scroll down to pattern highlights, your pattern highlights are patterns that kind of get added to a set by Ravelry based on perhaps the designers that you've favorited or projects that you have knit if the new pattern has a lot of the same attributes or keywords as something you've knit, they'll show it to you. It's not always a hit. Some of mine have been real misses and aren't something that I am interested in at all. But you can refine the suggestions a little bit by favoriting things, especially designers. If there's a designer that you find that you really like, what they design or you have knit many of their patterns, make sure that you give them a heart because then you'll always be shown new designs by that designer. And I seem to get a lot of suggestions based on similar to projects that I have knit too. So you get those as well. Yeah, one of the other not related to Ravelry tips that I loved was from our friend Deborah. She said that while she's been suffering from pattern on we, she's been doing some spring cleaning. So she mm-hmm. washed and blocked and dried and stored her winter sweaters, which you and I both, I think, did that last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great idea because yeah. we've talked about pests several times on the episode or on the podcast rather, but body stuff is what attracts bugs and pests. <laughs> so it's very it's a very, very good idea to wash your sweaters before you store yeah. them just to make sure you're not attracting pests with body oils and dead skin and all the things that come from wearing sweaters. So Food, that was a great oils. idea, Deborah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very good idea. Yeah. And another non Ravelry suggestion that was made was to flip through pattern books and magazines. So if you if you don't purchase either pattern books or magazines, maybe you can swap with a friend, borrow from a friend, go to the library is always a good source. Some libraries even have electronic magazine loans these days. So depending on how tech savvy you are, you might be able to easily get them online. But I think in a lot of places, libraries are opening up again now. So sometimes you might have to reserve them online and pick them up, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. rather than going in. But when you flip through a book or magazine, the listener said she's not necessarily shown things that she had curated a search for on Ravelry. So she's just being shown, she's looking at 
all kinds of things. And sometimes they're new things that you won't necessarily search for on Ravelry. So that can give you new ideas and new inspirations, that kind of thing. The pattern books and magazines are always fun to look through, even if you might not ever want to make anything from the pattern book or magazine. It's just interesting to to look through, see what's out there, see what other people are making, that kind of thing. And sometimes you can get, for example, you can, especially at a library, you'll find books from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that kind of thing. And sometimes it's fun to look back and see what was popular and what is classic and what you'd still want to make. There aren't many companies that send catalogs anymore, and I try not to be on those mailing lists, so I don't get very many, (laughs) but I do get the Nitpicks catalog, Mm -hmm. and they have every catalog has lots and lots and lots of patterns, and they're usually patterns that are just, well, they're always patterns designed with Nitpicks yarn. And some of them are great. I mean, they have collections of sweaters and socks and shawls and wraps and all the things. And they have some beautiful pattern inspiration in their catalogs. So that's another thing. Yeah. I remember they used to send it or they in their catalogs. I think it was them. Maybe it was Webb's. They'd have the picture of the pattern. And then Max and I would look at it and try to guess what the colorway was and then look at all the colorways of the yarn that's (laughs) matched up to it. So it was a game that he and I used to play when he was littler. And sometimes catalogs that are not even necessarily for crafting or yarn can provide you with a little fashion inspiration or sweater inspiration because it's more of a lifestyle photograph than you're looking through a catalog for gardening supplies (laughs) and you might see someone wearing a sweater you like that could inspire you. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. And there was another, again, non-Ravelry related idea of organizing your stash. So we Mm -hmm. talked about rolling in your stash, but we didn't necessarily talk about organizing it. And there were suggestions like pairing up stash with patterns that you've wanted to knit and just the overall organizing. And maybe it's time to cycle through things and put them in the trunk because of pests again. You want to put them in the trunk of a car and make sure they roast uh, at a really high temperature for a day or two. So other things you can do to organize your stash. And then this is Ravelry related, but you can also organize your stash in Ravelry. So Mm -hmm. make sure that the stash you have in your house is on Ravelry so that you can browse easily when you might be yarn shopping or something like that. (laughs) And just, I really like being organized. And I love that feature of Ravelry because I don't always necessarily remember all the yarn I have or necessarily what weight it might be. So it's really handy to do that search in Ravelry. Oh, and related to the yarn, someone also suggested the yarn ideas for patterns. I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but for patterns. I don't remember if we did too, but I was right. going to mention that. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, okay. So what Gail is talking about, if you have yarns in your stash, or even if you don't, and you just search for yarns in your stash on Ravelry, if you click to go to the yarn page on Ravelry, and I'm clicking through right now. There is a tab near the top of the page that says pattern ideas, and you can click on that and see patterns that are listed somewhat in order of how many people have used that yarn to knit a certain pattern. So if somebody used the yarn to knit, for example, pullover A a hundred times, then that then that pattern is going to show up first because it's been used a hundred times to knit this and that's very popular. And then somewhat in descending order, it goes down to patterns that have been used less frequently. But it's a great way to find out what works for your yarn, compatible gauge, what perhaps the range of gauge that people have been getting with that yarn, that kind of thing. And you'll also... If you look, go to the next tab over from Pattern Ideas and look at projects, you'll see just other projects that people have made. You'll see 
you know, if people like this yarn for accessories or for pullovers, that kind of thing. And there's the reverse of that, which is one that I use on a very regular basis. If you're stocking a certain pattern, mm-hmm. at the top of that pattern page is a tab called Yarn mm-hmm. Ideas, and it will list all the yarns that have been used to knit that pattern. And then there's a little checkbox at the top that says, show only yarns in my stash. So you can actually literally fine tune to see what you have in your stash that may or may not work for that pattern. So just because someone else has knit it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good match. But that way you can at least look at someone else and how they used it mm-hmm. for that pattern. So I love doing that. I do too. And it constantly amazes me. When I look at a somewhat popular pattern, for example, how many different yarns have been used to knit one particular pattern? (laughs) Yeah, and it's a good way, like you were saying, variations on a theme. Yeah. So, for example, Hohe's Super Simple Summer Sweater has been knit in so many different varieties by different people that you can go to that pattern page on Ravelry, look at the yarn ideas, And based on what you have in stash, you can just look at things that have already been knit to get ideas that you might not have on your own. So it's a really good way to get inspiration based on the patterns you're stocking. It could lead to yarn purchases as well. So, (laughs) you know, that warning, just in case. use with caution. (laughs) (laughs) I admit that I have purchased yarn based on that very tab, usage of that tab. (laughs) But it's also good because, for example... It will show you if you have a yarn used in the project, but maybe you don't have enough of it, which was my super simple sweater number one. I had Elspeth Lavold in a raspberry pink colorway that I purchased at a yarn, unfortunately, an LYS that was going out of business, and I didn't have enough for a whole sweater. So I bought two more skeins in a contrast color and knit the super simple summer sweater with that yarn. And otherwise, that pink was just sitting. It had been in my stash for years <laughs> with nothing. It was an odd amount, and I didn't have anything to knit. And saw that and thought, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I bought two more skeins, but it enabled me to use the stash that I'd had for years. So you can find those kinds of things, too. Yay. And just in conclusion, because there are so many of us that are feeling this pattern on we it's just interesting interesting and not surprising to note how inspired we are by each other in person the lack of in-person shows yarn shows knitting shows craft shows and the lack of being able to get together with our knitting groups is contributing to all of this on we I think Mm -hmm. so many times for example in our small little knitting group in Santa Cruz one person will start the entire group knitting (laughs) a, a specific sweater or a specific project because that person shows up knitting something and we all decide it's wonderful and we all must have it and in Several months' time, we're all wearing the colors of the rainbow of one particular sweater. So <laughs> I love that. I, I do love too. it when that happens. <laughs> I do too. So yes, we we're all missing our our in person events and community, but we are still having the Saturday Zoom. So remember, every Saturday at one o'clock Pacific time, which we're on daylight standard time or daylight savings time now. Yes. We do our Zoom. The link is in the Ravelry group and it's really fun. It's really, really fun. We're still getting some new people showing up too. We are. We are. It's great. And if you cannot use Ravelry, please check in on Facebook. If you use Facebook, we are, I do post all of the new episodes on Facebook as well. And the show notes. Yarniacs.com. Yes. Okay, so thank you very much for all of your pattern on weed ideas and <laughs> all those great suggestions. Some of them I will definitely be using. Thank you for listening and happy knitting, everyone. Happy Bye-bye. knitting. Bye. 
You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.